0: Hi, I'm Megan Baker, and this is Influence Her, produced and sponsored by Baker Public Relations. We are honored to welcome Judge Kim Berkeley clark on Influence Her during Women's History Month. It's a very special episode for us. Uh, Judge Clark broke barriers as the first African-American to serve as President Judge in Allegheny County, Pennsylvania. Judge Clark serves as a judge of the Family Division, where she primarily hears juvenile justice cases. We welcome you, Judge Clark.
1: I'm very pleased to be here.
0: Thank you. If you will, tell us... How important is the work that you do?
1: So I think the work uh, in general in the justice system, whether you're a judge, a lawyer, um, somebody working in the system, a probation officer, a caseworker who works with families, I think it's among the most important work that anyone can do. I also will personally say that my experience as a judge in the juvenile court has been the most rewarding work that I have done in my life. I think in particular the family division and especially juvenile court um, touches the lives of many, many people. Many people have uh, to come to court for custody and divorce and other things that are common, but we also have cases with children who are involved in the juvenile justice system and families who are involved in the child welfare system. And I think it's an opportunity for us to help people that are in crisis and in, in, in need so that they can lead productive lives without continued interference from the court and other agencies. So I think it's extremely important.
0: Judge Clark, you joined a community-led initiative, and Connections for Youth that launched in December of 2022 in Allegheny County uh, with the goal of reducing the school to prison pipeline. Why is this work um, specifically, especially when you just talked a little bit about the work that you do for juvenile justice, why is this in particular so important to you? So over the
1: years, um, we have become, uh, have come to rely on data um, which is always a good thing. And the data shows us that many children who um, are involved in incidents in school and uh, get charges in school uh, end up deeper and deeper in the system, although their um, charges could have been dealt with in another way or the issues that these children are facing could be dealt with in another way. We know that deep penetration in the juvenile justice system is traumatic and it does not always pre- pre- uh, present the best outcomes for children uh, as they grow. Um, many of those children who end up deeper and deeper in the juvenile justice system then cross over into the criminal justice system as adults. And so that can have lifelong effects in terms of having a criminal record. Uh, it can, can affect things like getting employment, getting into college, getting a job, lots of things. So we really want to focus on what happens in our schools and the way schools handle um, children who are involved in fights and other things in schools. You know, when I was a kid, fights in schools are not new. When I was a kid, kids had fights in school, after school, in school, on school property, on school grounds. And most of us did not end up, or maybe none of us ended up in the juvenile justice system for those reasons. For some reason, the school parents and other community um, members were able to handle these uh, incidents in a way that held youth accountable for what they did, but also recognizing that they are children without fully formed brains, Uh, brain development is not complete, that they don't think things through, and that kids can react. We also know that disproportionately the school-to-prison pipeline affects children to, of color. And there are many reasons for that, especially for girls. The data in for girls in Allegheny County uh, involved in incidents in school is higher than anywhere else in the United States. And a lot of it is how children of color are perceived as being more mature, as being older, as being more dangerous. And so it has even deeper effects and ramifications for children of color.
0: Judge Clark, we've heard over and over that it certainly takes a village to raise a child. What would you like to see be the end result of this initiative in Allegheny County?
1: So I would like to see um, a lot of more diversion, a lot of other ways to keep cases out of the court, uh, utilizing things like victim offender dialogue, mediation, um, more community service, Uh, education to make, allow children to gain insight into how their behaviors affects others. But I'd also like to see other people understand that um, our children come into our schools from all different walks of life. Uh, Some of them are living in poverty. Some of them have issues in the home which affect how they react. Some of them may have had, had histories of abuse and trauma so that when uh, there's a situation uh, that arises, they may react differently than someone who has not had experienced that same trauma. So I'd like to see an overall reduction of juveniles entering the juvenile justice system and entering the deep end of the juvenile justice system. And I think I'd like to see I, my goal or one of the goals is to, re, if, if not end, but to reduce uh substantially the racial and ethnic disparities that exist in the juvenile justice system.
0: Judge Clark, if this initiative is a success in Allegheny County, where do you see it going from here?
1: I think that if it's a success here, others will uh, want to learn more about it. And in Allegheny County, we've always been happy to share any of our successes, anything that we have with others. So I'm hoping that uh, if we have success, uh, that other counties in, Ale- in Pennsylvania will want to see what we do and adopt something similar. Um, and who knows, it could be um, other states, other jurisdictions outside of Pennsylvania may also be interested. There's a lot of good work happening in other places. And so uh, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel either. We're looking to those jurisdictions that have some good things in place um, many of our small counties uh, in Pennsylvania uh, are rural counties because of the nature of who they are, rural counties without a lot of services, um, that village has stepped in, and they do things just a little bit differently. And we can learn from our small counties as well.
0: Aside from your involvement with Karen Connections for Youth and serving as president judge in Allegheny County, What keeps you up at night?
1: Well, I think um, just, I think the job, having been president judge during a pandemic, that certainly kept me up a lot uh, during the past few years, Um, just trying to figure out how to run a large court system uh, virtually, uh, how to keep everybody healthy and safe uh, thanks to our excellent uh, IT department, our excellent administrative staff, and all the staff and judges in the 5th Judicial District. I think we did a great job at that. I think my concern is um, just overall, in terms of the cases I hear, just the impact of poverty, how poverty really impacts uh, people's ability to do anything. You know, the some of the issues that, The children and families I see uh, uh, um, are not unique to them, but because many of them are living in poverty or near poverty, it makes it much more difficult to deal with whatever their circumstances are. If you have money, if you have income, uh, you never have to leave your children home alone to go to work uh, because you can afford childcare, you can afford someone to look after your children. If you have a substance abuse issue but you have medical insurance, it's easier for you to get treatment. If you have uh, income, uh, you can hire someone to look after your children to make sure that they get to school every day, even if you have your own issues. Doesn't mean that the children are necessarily going to be well adjusted, that they won't have issues, but they're not going to end up in front of me because uh, of. Issues uh, facing their parents, so I think just the things like poverty and how we can best meet the needs of our families here in Allegheny County. I struggle with that. I worry that uh, we have become a society that's focused on me and not focused on we. Um, it's you know we it's become our right to just be all about self and to try to do what's best for one person and not look at. Our community and I'm that keeps me up at night worrying about that.
0: Judge Clark you were appointed by Governor Tom Ridge in 1999 and won reelection to 10-year terms in 2009 and again in 2019. You broke major barrier back in 1999 as being the first black president judge in Allegheny County. Um, What what is next for you? So I think
1: retirement is next for me. Uh, My term as president judge will end in December. Uh, It's a one five-year term for president judge, and even though I can stay on the bench, um, I feel that right now there's other things that I would like to be able to do. Um, You know, when you're a judge, you can't have a political voice. You can't speak out on issues. And I think there are some things that I am really interested in. I'd like to be able to be an advocate for someone or somebody or some entity or some position. I think I might like to be able to support a political candidate that I think uh, can make positive change in our communities, and our society. But I can't do any of that as a sitting judge. And so at some point, um, we all have to decide the next steps. And I think that's the next step for me.
0: So um, this month is Women's History Month. If you will share with us, uh, what is one woman that you admire and that you're inspired by? So obviously,
1: um, we all kind of look to our mothers and my mother is one of those women that has inspired me, she was always encouraged me. Um, As a child, you know, our family didn't have a lot of money, but it was always clear that I was going to go to college. Uh, I was going to, um, you know, succeed in higher education. The only question was, where was I going to go? And a lot of that depended on money. Um, But I've had many other uh, mentors um, so, one person that has had been an influence in my life uh, was the mother of Judges Livingstone and Justin Johnson, Irene Morris Johnson. She was a remarkable woman who raised, along with her husband, um, very uh, educated and very um, accomplished children uh, and also many accomplished grandchildren. And she was a person that uh, I always uh, look to for support, Um, a woman that I look to for support. Um, You know, her children, particularly her son, uh, Judge Livingstone Johnson, of course, has been a longtime mentor of mine uh, since my father has passed. And all my uncles, he is sort of the father figure to me, but um, Justice Cynthia Baldwin, uh, has been a wonderful friend and a wonderful mentor. And when I was seeking to, uh, a seat on the court of common pleas, I looked to her for lots of advice. She had been where I wanted to go and, uh, we've been fast friends ever since then. Uh, so that's another person, another woman that I am closely, uh, aligned to, and that has been a great mentor to me. Um, You know, I've uh, had the fortune of having, coming from a family of uh, lots of women. I have four sisters and one brother. Um, I have three grown adult nieces. Uh, I have uh, one of my my aunts, my father's sister, my aunt Helen, who was born in 1910, uh, was a very accomplished social worker. Um, And uh, helped develop the foster care system for the United States Virgin Islands. Uh, I was very close to her. I enjoyed her. For many years, she lived to be 97. So uh, we had a lot of great times together. And she was certainly one that inspired me uh, throughout my life.
0: Sounds like you've had a lot of great mentors and uh, role models. That's great to hear. I I will Uh, say
1: this. Can I just add one more thing, if you don't mind? Absolutely. So, when I am talking about the whole idea of mentorship and who um, we should seek out, I always advise young people that while it's nice if you're a woman to have woman mentors, if you're an African American to have African American mentors. But I've had some very fine mentors who look nothing like me. And I think if we only look to people who look just like us to be our mentors, we're going to lose out. We're going to lose something. Because sometimes those people that don't look like you are in positions to really help you in a way that people who look like you cannot. And so mentors come in all genders, all races and ethnicities and uh People are very helpful and so don't turn down a mentor because they don't look like you.
0: Judge Clark, that's a really valuable piece of advice. I appreciate you sharing that with us. Uh, Well, women have made great strides when it comes to equality. Where do you think that society is still lacking?
1: So I think um, in terms of uh, race and ethnicity, we are definitely lacking. Um, women have made a lot of strides. Uh, African American women have not done so well. Um, African American women are as a whole the lowest paid uh, socioeconomic group, the lowest paid gender and ethnic group, race racial group in the United States. It's true here in Allegheny County in the city of Pittsburgh. Um, so I feel that we need to do more. Uh, We don't want to have conversations anymore about race. Um, For some reason, it bothers people to talk about the history of black people in the United States of America. Um, It's a history that we have to acknowledge. It is a shameful history, and we have to acknowledge the resilience of the people whose ancestors came to this country in chains and shackles many of whom are now living uh, good lives, but many are not. And when we look at the history of race in the United States, you know, I'm in my late 60s. I still remember um, sort of coming out of the Jim Crow era. I still remember being my family, my parents being excited about a civil rights act, a voting rights act. African-Americans were still being actively lynched in the 1960s, and so for some people that's ancient history, but for me it's not such ancient history, it's happened in my lifetime. And so I feel that we need to really look at the issues that are plaguing our communities of color and reach back and, and, and try to figure out a way to help uh, in a way that's meaningful. And again, I will say that part of it is the poverty issue. More people of color are living disproportionately living in, color, in poverty than people who are not of color. Um, so we have our urban areas with urban blight, with all of the crime. Uh, uh, and that's where people who have um, a lot of people who have low income are living. And so we really have to address some of these issues. So women have made wonderful progress, uh, but it's not necessarily um, the same for people of color, particularly women of color.
0: I would say that um, mental health is also of importance, um, you know, when you're talking about the poverty issue as well.
1: It is. So, you know... um, Mental health, when we look at cases that we see uh, in the juvenile justice system, many people are struggling with uh, mental health disorders or issues, post-traumatic stress disorder is a big one for people that have suffered trauma. Um, You know, we all know about the adverse childhood experiences study and so many children who have adverse child experiences then are gonna suffer from depression post-traumatic stress disorder and other things. So we have a lot of untreated and um, unattended to mental health issues uh, here in uh, our communities. And uh, one of the things is that sometimes people don't want to seek services uh, for mental health uh, because there's still a stigma attached to it. And we have to get to the point where we're removing the stigma of having a mental health issue and needing the treatment. Um, we saw a lot of uh, sort of uh, things that during COVID where people were locked in, uh, shut in um, because of the pandemic, not able to um, get out. And so that sort of exas- ex- exacerbates certain conditions that people have. And now there are enormous waiting lists for people who want mental health services, but they're on waiting lists for uh, those services since uh, the pandemic. And that's a shame.
0: Judge, we really appreciate uh, you taking the time to have this discussion with us on uh, this episode of Influence Her. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. And I look forward to more conversations with you in the future. Uh, Judge Kim clark thank you so much. Thank you, it was a pleasure
1: being here.